how does this sound to you? You get a nap at work, so you're more rested, and the boss gets a more productive employee. Too good to be true? Japan is testing, get this, a stand-up nap box. People in Japan are working such long hours, they'll try to sneak a nap in the bathroom. No kidding. And they're saying this is more sanitary and supports your head, knees, and your rear ends so you don't fall over. But I can't for the life of me figure out why you ha- why does it have to be a standing nap box? Why can't you lie down? I do not understand this. I looked everywhere. I scoured the internets, Kev, and I couldn't figure out. Why is it a stand-up nap box? They don't want you to get too comfy. <laughs> I guess that's it, yeah. It's a nap. Just not a, a quick one. Not a full night's sleep. So there are some phrases that we all use pretty commonly, things like break a leg or hold your horses, but they have some very uh, obvious meanings when you think about them. I'll tell you some of the hidden meanings in those phrases next. So Taylor, yeah, you ever have someone tell you were in the theater, right? Anyone ever, ever, uh, an anyone extra. ever tell you break a leg? I've heard that phrase before many times. Yeah, yeah. And you ever wonder why do they say that in the theater? Yeah, it's well, bizarre. It usually is said when you're auditioning, and it's because it's a greeting saying, I hope you end up in the cast. If you broke a leg, uh, you'd be in the cast. So that's where it came from. I break have a leg. No idea. Makes sense though, right? Yeah. How about hold your horses? Um, I've heard it, but I mean I assume it goes back to the days where that's how people got around. Well, usually it's when someone you say that's someone who's being really frantic, right? And you go, Whoa, 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 hold your horses. Mm-hmm. It's because you want them to be stable. Uh, that's where you hold horses, uh, uh, is in a stable. You want to be stable, yeah. right? Okay, <laughs> and here's the last one. This is more of an abbreviation. The word slang. The word slang is a combination of the two words short and language. Slang. Uh. The more you know. I know, right? I was this day's old or this many years old when I knew that. Today years old. <laughs> today years old. When I, I was today years old when I knew it was today years old. <laughs> Have you ever met someone, total stranger, and they bear such a striking resemblance to someone you know or love? It's like shocking. You just can't hmm, stop the weirdest feeling, looking at it? them. That happened to me, but that's where the story starts. It got even weirder hmm. after that recognition. Talk about it next. Do you ever have one of those moments in life where you pass by somebody or you see someone and you do a double take? Like, isn't mm-hmm. that so-and-so? They yeah. look so much like that person. It's uncanny, isn't yeah. it? My, my wife and I were out the other day and I saw across the room a woman who looked exactly, I mean, spitting image of my daughter, Autumn. Oh, wow. I'm talking like they could have been twins. So much so I walked up and I said, hey, I'm sorry, but I said, you look exactly like my daughter. And she goes, I don't mean to be creepy, but I saw you walk across the room. I thought you were my dad because (gasps) you look exactly like my dad. No way. Is that weird or what? Get out. What are the chances? And she said, "Um, did you say your daughter's name is Autumn? I said, yeah. And she goes, my name's Chloe, but no one calls me that. Everyone calls me Autumn. They've called me Autumn since I was born. Isn't that weird? What's her dad's name? I didn't ask. Oh, what if it's Kevin? <laughs> I think she, yeah, she did say, what's your name? I said, Kevin. She goes, oh, that's not my dad's name. Okay. But just the similarities were Man, like. Man, that is bizarro world. Isn't it? For sure. Yeah. And wow. then later, uh, I took Tracy over. I said, doesn't she look exactly like Autumn? And she got a tear in her eye. She was like, you look like my daughter. Aww. <laughs> it's a mom, mom's tears coming out. But isn't That's that weird? Wild. Have you ever had something like that happen? Would love to hear if you've ever seen someone and you're like, oh my gosh, they look exactly like... I got a good story if you need it too. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking about a weird experience I had where my wife and I were out 
met a young lady that looked exactly like one of my daughters. She goes, you look exactly like my dad. And they call her by my daughter's name. That's wild. Yeah. yeah I wonder how she really got, it went from Chloe to being nicknamed Autumn. She was born in Autumn. Oh, got it. And okay. she had other, she, she was one of 11 kids. Ooh. One, I asked her, so 11 kids, how many bathrooms? One. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but anyhow, uh, they had another other kids with C names, so they uh-huh. just nicknamed her. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, we had an uncanny experience like that, only I was not nearly as outgoing as you. Um, we were in the Allison Norway airport, and my husband, it was early in the morning, like ridiculously early, like just dark outside and everything. And my husband goes, look. That that girl looks just like your niece Ava, and I glanced over and went, oh, "That's her. That mm. is our niece." And so I was like creepy stalker person. I took a couple of pictures of her. But on you didn't the go slide. and say hi. No, I mean because it's another language, oh, and you're yeah, in an yeah. airport, okay. and it just yeah. felt way. Too, I was just it's so early, and I just felt way too awkward. But I know she caught me glancing at her a couple of times because I was just like, "That's my niece." So I texted it to Ava, and she. Text it back. This is a 15-year-old. Whoa. <laughs> and that's her going, that does look just like me. So it was, it was fascinating. I said, there's a Norwegian version of you. They say everybody has a double out there somewhere in the world, right? Yeah. There's so many like TV shows about like alternate universes hmm. and stuff. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. You've heard of running, but have you ever heard of joggling? It's running while juggling. I can't even imagine being that Why? coordinated. A Canadian runner unofficially broke a Guinness World Record for joggling, <laughs> juggling while running when he reached a distance of 6.2 miles in 34 minutes and 47 seconds. It took Michael three months to master the skill, and now he absolutely loves it. It gets people to approach you. You're more approachable. You're the fun guy. And get this. <laughs> He can even run while juggling knives. He can juggling with knives. I mean, unbelievable coordination from this guy. And he's like, you can tell he just loves it. It gives him so much joy. I love what he said. Now I'm I'm the fun guy. He is the fun guy. <laughs> Were you not the fun guy before? No. I'm thinking that a guy who would take the time to learn to do that probably was... He was good for a laugh or two before they ever <laughs> took up ju- juggling. He and says it opens up so many opportunities to talk to people How? and make what people, do people smile. Run along with him. <laughs> he'll like stop and he, he oh, keeps he'll stop juggling. And juggle. Okay, and he'll just like he'll. He was talking to these group of old people and like, yeah, I'm going for a world record and yeah, juggling yeah. the knives would be a little off putting. I don't know <laughs> that I would little. approach someone juggling knives. <laughs> well, coming up in just a minute, are you your own worst critic? Maybe we can turn things around. Do you happen to be your own worst critic? Sometimes. I think we can all be that. Yeah, right? you're definitely a not alone. voice in your head. Yeah, we say over a thousand negative things about ourselves every year. Guys say something negative about themselves three times a day. For women, it's four times a day. And what's wild, we wouldn't dream of saying the stuff we say to ourselves to anybody else. That's how hard we are on ourselves. But, uh, you know, we're his creation, so maybe we can turn things around and start seeing ourselves through the eyes of the one who made us. And, uh, Kevin, just a minute, I would love to share something that may change our perception, something one of our listeners posted mm, okay. about what it's like to get a little bit older in these bodies. Okay. You know what, guys, though, when they, it says that they 
what, what was it? They put themselves down three times a day. Was that? What yeah, was guys say something negative about themselves three times a day. For women, okay. it's four times a the day. Guys' version of saying something negative about themselves is, "Well, you know, the boss he, he doesn't like me because I intimidate him." That's <laughs> <laughs> a guy talking negative. You know, I, I'm just too buff. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. The struggle to not be your own worst critic is real. We've all been there. And there's something making its way around social media right now. One of our listeners posted this that is trying to turn the page on that and saying, let's stop doing that. And I think it'll really encourage you today. We'll talk about it in a minute. I don't know about you, but I knew that a lot of us are our own worst critic and we struggle against it. But I didn't know we were saying negative things about ourselves a thousand times a year. That's Hmm. just out of control and you know we're made in his image he we're his creation so how do we start to turn that around how do we start to change our as my uh, i've heard pastors say stinking thinking (laughs) how do we get rid of that and one of our listeners um, posted something really wise it's kind of making its way around social media right now that i thought would really help certain people just turn that frown upside down and try to view yourself more positively her name's liz fowler And she posted a beautiful picture of herself and her daughter. She's the mother of the bride and her daughter's getting married. And she said to all my friends, 40 years and up, most of us are going through the next phase of our lives now. We're at the age where we see wrinkles, gray hair and extra pounds. We have run households, paid the bills, brought up kids, dealt with sickness, sadness, and everything else life has assigned us. We are survivors. We're warriors in the quiet We're strong like a classic car or a fine wine. Even if our bodies may not be what they once were, they carry our souls, our courage, and our strength. We shall all enter this chapter of our lives with humility, grace, and pride over everything we've been through. And we should never feel bad about getting older. It's a privilege that is denied to so many. Mm. And then it goes on to say, friends, I challenge you to copy proudly with your picture and your age and uh, Elizabeth did that. She's got she's 55 and she's stunning and she looks so happy on her daughter's wedding day. And I just thought Good that was her. so brave and so 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 perfectly said that our bodies do such amazing things for us. They get us out of bed every day and they carry us off to help our families and friends and and serve God. So we we really need to start trying to embrace our bodies the way they are. We were talking about negative self-talk and how people can go down that road. Here's here's a good exercise when you start falling into that trap. Go into your Facebook memories and look at some pictures of you like you know, five years ago or 10 years ago. And then think of what you used to tell yourself about yourself five years ago or 10 years ago. Right? You're like, oh, if I could if I could just lose five more pounds, I'd be happy. And you look at that picture, you're like, I looked great. <laughs> right? But you know back then you were like, if I just lose five that I've always said that. Happiness is always ten pounds away. Right? Yeah. It's always no matter what no matter how much you diet and exercise and stuff, for some reason that's what we all do to ourselves. And okay, so do that. Look back five or ten years ago and remember the conversations you had then. Think of the conversations you have with yourself now, and then project out five or ten years from now. And think in five or ten years, you're going to look back at you now and go, man, I was really living then. Man, <laughs> I looked great. So appreciate you now. Appreciate you the, the you you're going to appreciate ten years from now. No, 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 no. Do it right now. Because life will go by like that. And all you're going to have done is, you know, had a life full of negative self-talk when you should have been 
enjoying your family, enjoying your loved ones, you know, really throwing yourself into the work God's given you. Did you hear people on TikTok are obsessed with taking this mental age quiz? <laughs> we do a, a real age thing for our, um, our health insurance here at the radio uh-huh. station. Uh, but here's the mental age thing. You go to this website called A Real Me and answer a series of questions. It doesn't really have to do with IQ. It's all about how mature or immature you are compared to other people your age. It's not clear how scientific it is. Uh, One of the questions is, can you kill a cockroach with a book? I can. Yeah. I definitely can do that. Oh, heck yeah. I I prefer a shoe. No, (laughs) and it would depend on what book it is. Yeah, Yeah, definitely got to clean the book afterwards. And do you like to have friends older than you? Those two good questions. But people have been posting the results on TikTok and they're obsessed with it. They're mental age quiz. <laughs> and what, can we find it? Yeah, it's can called we... you go to a real me is the website. I took it yesterday. Yeah? Yeah. And I think I'm kind of I don't know if I'm mature or not, but it said I'm thirty three. <laughs> wow, look at you. So I think I'm rather immature. Right is it real? Because I think you want to be older than your real age. Real me? Uh it's a real me. Yeah, but if That's, y'all could have seen how big Taylor was smiling, I'm 33. <laughs> I'm 33. No, I'm 29. <laughs> hey, are you pretty open with your other half with uh, about the money you spend? Coming up, check out what this woman bought without telling her husband. Hey, are you pretty open with your other half about the money you spend? Check out what this woman bought uh, without telling her husband. Not a new outfit. Not a new car. Okay. She bought a castle. And not just any castle, a 15th century dilapidated castle. This thing is falling apart. Nicole fell in love with this castle and she uh, she thought, oh, I'll just I'll dip my toe in it. I don't need to say anything to my husband because I'm sure I'm not going to win the bid. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) The castle is theirs. And she's embarked on the adventure of a lifetime renovating it. Uh, The castle set her back Mm $250,000. But who knows how much it's going to cost to repair it. It was built in 1484 and it's so bad that they're going to have to come get debris out of it with a crane. Like come in through the roof. Wow. And get all that out. But she hopes to turn it into a wedding venue. And she says, this, I feel like this is a chance to show my two little girls that there's nothing you can't do if you set your mind to it. There's a, a TV show my wife and I, we, we actually binge watched it during the lockdown days. Uh, it's called Escape to the Chateau. I watched one episode because of you. Yeah. About this couple, Dick and Angel, and they bought an old chateau. Not technically not a castle, but it might as well be. It's got mm-hmm. a moat and I don't know, like a hundred rooms, something like that. And it's about them buying it with this grand vision. We're going to live here and it's going to be an event center mm-hmm. where you can do weddings and corporate parties and that kind of stuff. So it, it's very interesting to see all of the stuff they run into. Like, you know, what, what do you do if you need a new roof here? You call a roofer and they come and put new shingles on, right? Well, when your house was built in 1820, they don't make those shingles anymore. No. Yeah. <laughs> so you got you to gotta figure it out. And they, they try to patch it instead of replacing the whole mm-hmm. thing because that would be like crazy expensive. So it's very interesting. Can you imagine, though, you, you get home from work, you get home from the radio station, you're like, hey, Trace, how was lunch with Ida? Oh, it was good. We had Italian and then I bought a castle. I, I could see her doing that. Honestly, I could really? see her like buying like a chateau or something, being like, yeah, this is where we're going to retire. Wow. Without <laughs> that, ever asking right. you. That doesn't look like retiring, honey. <laughs> that looks like 
Work 2.0. When I go to the grocery store, I have rules, Taylor. I have rules that I like to follow. Things I like to do. Unbreakable rules. When I go by myself, it's no problem. When other Mm. people come along, sometimes the Kev rules at the grocery store cause a a little bit of a conflict. I'll I'll tell you what the big three unviolatable going to the grocery store rules are. I want to find out if I'm the only one or do you do this too? We'll talk about it next. So do you you have any rules? Maybe they're unspoken rules, but things that you always do, like when you go to the grocery store. I have three big ones. I know what one of yours are because you always talk about it on the air. I think I can guess. Three big ones. And um, my kids will get frustrated right from the moment we set foot in the grocery store because they would go to get a cart and go, we don't need a cart. We don't need a cart. Then they go to grab a bat. We don't need a basket. We're just getting a couple of things. Which meant all of us would be balancing things. <laughs> Our arms full by the time we made it to uh, to checkout. Here's the uh, rule number. Th- so that's rule number one. No cart, no basket. Rule number two. We will visit the clearance rack. And we will buy a sketchy product that's almost at its expiration date. <laughs> that's and it funny. will stay in our pantry for about six months before Tracy really? finally throws it away. So if that's every time you go to the grocery store, you must have a lot of stuff like that in your pantry. Yes, we do. <laughs> last one. You want to guess the last one? Never go to the self-checkout. Bad things happen at self-checkout. They have paid professionals there to check your groceries out. Why anyone would choose self-checkout, I don't know. And if it truly was self-checkout, why do they have to have someone there helping you with the (laughs) self-checkout? Why? Go back to what I said originally. Because bad things happen at self-checkout. I'm telling you, next time you go to self-checkout and a price won't ring up or they got to check your ID to buy NyQuil... And the kid that's supposed to be helping you is, you know, like out front on a, on break or whatever. And you got to stay in there for 10 minutes. The next time something bad happens at self-checkout, you will, my words will be echoing in your ears. You go, Kev said it. Kev told me bad things happen at self-checkout. I got a good so right. story in a minute, Kev, of what happens when you don't get a cart or a basket. So we're, we're talking about uh, rules for going to the grocery store. One of my big ones is we don't get a cart and we don't get a basket. We just, we carry mm-hmm. everything. And my daughter, Amber... She's so smart. One time she figured out how we could get a basket because she hated carrying everything. Um, she'd go, Dad, Dad, let's get a cart and I'll get in the cart. Because she was <laughs> too old to do that, but yeah. it appealed to my inner nonconformist. I was like, okay. <laughs> I know. I, I just realized that. you had to get a cart the other day when you went with your wife because you mentioned riding it to the car. Yep. And she said, haven't you aged yeah, out of that? These, these rules only apply when I'm alone, really. Uh, they're, they're, yes. they're hard and fast, right? I have a good story of what happens when you don't get a cart or a basket. My sister-in-law, she is a clerk for the criminal justice system. So mm-hmm. she works in that federal building, got to dress up, dress nice. And she runs out on our lunch break and goes to one of those grocery stores where you have to put a quarter in to get a cart. And she didn't have a quarter. So she's like, no big deal. I can carry this stuff. <laughs> so, of course, there were more things on sale than she realized. And she's trying to balance it all. And all of a sudden, crash, she dropped a glass bottle of red grape juice. Ooh. And it fell on the floor and it 
splashed up all of her clothes. She had broken glass and liquid, and oh, and it was all her fault because she didn't get a cart. Right. Clean up aisle five. We got another non-cart person. <laughs> and she had to go back to work like that. She didn't have time oh. to go home and get a clean shirt. She had to walk around with grape juice on her shirt the rest of the day. Poor thing. So I was talking to a friend the other day. It's, it's just so cute to hear how kids say the darndest things. And little four-year-old Eli um, heard his big brother say, when I grow up, I want to be an NBA player. Mm-hmm. And he just like really passionately like just went, I want to be a bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> like it was like, and then his dad was talking to him and he's like, Hey, you know, Eli, I, I, you're a tough guy. I think when you grow up, you might be a linebacker, like on a, uh-huh, an a NFL team. team. And he yeah. goes, he just goes, yeah, and I'm going to make them cry. <laughs> <laughs> He's only four. <laughs> Do you have any picky eaters in your family coming up the stress that that causes parents? Any picky eaters in your family? More than half of parents say their kids are picky eaters, and that causes them worry that their children aren't getting the nutrients they need. Most parents agree it's stressful trying to get your kids to try new foods, but um, it takes a lot of tries to get kids to like something. So it really does help to encourage them to at least taste it. And when they're babies, I guess little infants have to taste things 10 times Hmm. before they'll actually like it. (laughs) <laughs> mom and dad's patience wear out before they get to dry number 10. Reminds me of that time I was feeding my niece and she sneezed orange squash all over me. It was in my hair. It was ever. I think it was a real sneeze unless she just didn't like the squash. Good times. I think one of the biggest uh, frustrations of being a parent is trying to get your kid to eat something other than chicken nuggets <laughs> right <laughs> that's that's got to be one of the major battles you have with your kids you ever get one of those battles of will fine we'll sit here until you do eat it i've been on the losing end of that battle more than a few times but uh, we'd love to hear from you what's worked what didn't work in trying to get your kids to eat something other than chicken nuggets and french fries we're talking about trying to get the kids to eat something other than chicken nuggets. Boy, I went through those battles at our house, and one battle in particular uh, with our oldest daughter. It was one of those deals where I was like, fine, I, we will sit here until you eat broccoli, whatever it was on her plate. If I had not given in, I think we'd still be sitting there <laughs> like 10 years later. With mold growing over the broccoli. Yeah, and- I mean, she was just <laughs> not. She was like, all right, fine. I'm a kid. I got nothing to do. I'll yeah. Sit, I'll sit here all night. I, I have no deadlines. I will live longer than you, old man. <laughs> I can outlast you. So, uh, yeah, that was that was futile. A couple of the like, little tricks when they were babies, if they didn't like, I don't know, the purple stuff, get the purple stuff on the spoon, then dip it in the orange stuff so you hide it, mm-hmm. right? And they'd, they'd be like, ooh, the orange stuff. And they'd take a bite and their face would be smiling until they tasted the purple stuff. Yeah. And you could almost see in their little baby brain, they're going, oh, he fooled me again. Yes. Why do I keep falling for that? So, but what are some tricks that you've done to get your kids to try to eat something other than, you know, fast food or stuff that they can get at the drive through Give us a call. We'd love to hear what you're doing. Maybe what you've done even if it was years ago, can help out another mom who's going through that struggle right now.
So we're talking about picky eaters. It's causing parents a lot of stress because they're worried their kids aren't getting the nutrients they need. And uh, we've had all kinds of people on the show over the years, like uh, Jerry Seinfeld's wife, who's the first one who pureed vegetables and hit it and stuff like mac and cheese and lasagna and things like that. And I know parents who still do that. But when we were kids, Kev, um, five daughters, mom always, you know, we had to eat what was put in front of us. And every once in a while, one of the things, too, that was really weird about our childhood that I don't think happens to kids these days is we were required to drink milk Mm. with our meals. That was, we weren't allowed to have water, not allowed to have soda, had to have milk. And so every once in a while, I would try to hide a vegetable I didn't want to eat in my milk, and it would turn the milk that color, so I would get caught. (laughs) So I don't recommend that. And we didn't have a dog to slip the vegetables to, which would be a nice help for a kid. As as a parent, if if my kids had done that, I'd have put it right in the blender and been like, you're now having a smoothie. (laughs) Think you're so smart. (laughs) Sometimes I would swallow the vegetable whole with my milk, so I wouldn't have to taste it. Wow. Kind of like a vitamin.